Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine or nine of Utopia to Me with me, Chris Locke. I'm excited for this podcast, uh, like I am all of them, but this one's pretty cool because the person I'm interviewing is not only a super hilarious, intelligent comedian, Canadian comedian, uh, world comedian. Why do I have to say Canadian? I don't know. Worldwide, this woman is very uh, funny if she went anywhere in the world. Uh, but also, she's the one that came up with the title of this whole podcast series. I kept telling her I want it to be like a utopia. Um, we talk about utopia with comedians. and uh, But I don't know what it should be called, like Your Utopia with Chris Locke, or what is this? And then she just did the uh, <clears throat> taxi driver, Robert De Niro thing, and she went, Utopia to me? Like that, you know, like there's no one else here. Utopia, to, you must be Utopia to me. Uh, anyways, and then I was like, yeah, that's exactly it, Utopia to me. So n- your guest today is the person that came up with the title of this podcast, okay? Amongst a million other things, it's Kathleen Phillips, uh, super funny woman. Uh, she, I flew out to Winnipeg to visit her last weekend because she's also my wife, and we miss each other like crazy, but this is what's been happening all summer for her. Uh, acting on Mr. D, a Canadian, uh, co- super funny Canadian sitcom here in that films in Halifax, and then flying out to Winnipeg to film a new sketch TV show for Canada called Sunnyside. So she's been all over the map, as you've been probably, you can tell when listening to the other podcasts when I mention her. And so uh, we got to spend a weekend together in Winnipeg, and yeah, and so that's who it is today. It's Kathleen Phillips. If, when she's not filming these TV shows, uh, people around Toronto know her as uh, an amazing Canadian, uh, award-winning Canadian uh, c- character comedian and a writer. And so there you go. We're going to jump into that. I just want to say, uh, hi, Kathleen. Then this comes out, you'll still be in Winnipeg. And our cats are running around the house looking for you. And I'm going to make a nice veggie smoothie now because I have to detox from... Uh, all the Indian food and drinking we did in Winnipeg. But you guys are going to love this uh, convo. Despite her being my wife, she's also super intelligently funny and creative. And the actual interview, wife or no wife, was a blast hanging out with her. So you guys sit back, uh, relax. I hope you're listening to this in an old rocking chair uh, with a shawl on going, what's that, Sonny? Uh, Pretend to be a grandma when you listen to this for some reason, just for your own kicks. If not... Doesn't matter where you are driving on the highway. Listen to this jam; it's amplified. And uh, yeah, please let your backbone slide into this uh, utopia to me with Kathleen Phillips. Enjoy. I just ate leftover Indian food, and uh, I feel really good. That's my favorite thing to eat. You know that. Yeah, I do know that about you. You know that why? Because I. I'm married to you, Mister. <laughs> I hit the jackpot. I bought the cow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say <laughs> that voice, that sweet, sweet voice that you're listening to right now is my wife. But let's take that out of the equation for today, for the most part, and just think of her really as 
one of Canada's all-time best funny ladies, funny people, comedian, uh, actor, writer extraordinaire, Kathleen Phillips. Oh, that's very nice. Come on. You know everyone thinks that. She's and we and we where are we sitting right now? Where are we? Winnipeg, Manitoba. We are in Winnipeg, Manitoba because Kathleen is just finishing up. This is her last week of filming a TV show uh, that's coming out in Canada called Sunnyside. And I came out for a visit. Yeah. And we went for a nice walk. Yeah, we went for a cold walk. Coldish, yeah. Comparatively, I guess, to Toronto right now. And uh, we went to the Sculpture Garden in Assiniboine Park. Yeah, Leo Mall was yeah, his name. Mall. Mall was his name. M O L. Sculpture Garden for any Winnipeg heads. There's lots of yo. Any Winnipeg heads out there? Y'all know the Leo Mall sculptures. <laughs> we saw those. There's more naked adolescent uh, girls in the park. I mean, sculptures of them <laughs> <laughs> than you yeah. would expect in a public park. Then you can shake park. a stick at. And you and would get we did it. shake some sticks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he was a huge fan of bears playing with each other, rolling and tumbling. Yeah. And then nude uh and small young women. breasts. Small breasts. He but they that's the thing, they might be breasts. full-grown women, but they have small perky breasts. They don't have big voluptuous like motherly classic sculpture breasts. Dugs. Dugs. <laughs> Is that what you call big boobs? I don't know. In Sha- uh, in Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. He talks about dugs all the time. Mm. Well, not all the time. <laughs> I would like to get my dig on with those dugs. Dig dug. Dig a dug. Diggity dug. <laughs> um, yeah. If I ever become a sculptor, it's just going to be long dugs. <laughs> <laughs> if you become a sculptor? I mean a sculpturer. <laughs> sculptor. That's what I meant. Sculpture, and then the person who sculptured is called the sculpture. It's called the sculpture. Sculptor. Sculptor. The sculptor makes sculptures. Mm-hmm. Is that not right? No, well, it is. Sculptor. Sculptor. Yeah. Skeletor. The sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> is that what Skeletor was? No, but. He was a prince. Uh, I think he was an angry not prince. Not a prince, but he lived in a castle. Yeah. He was a duke. <laughs> that was like the the whole thing in He-Man was he was like, what's wrong with you, Skeletor? You have a castle. Skeletor yeah. was a Viscount. Yeah. What is a Viscount? I wanted to look it's it up. It's like, it's some kind of nobility, but not... Viscount Gort. It's like somewhere else, like Dutch or something, I think. If I, anyone I here know. from Winnipeg is listening, yeah, it's got to be Dutch. Because there's a huge Dutch population here, right? I don't think so. Well, I saw a plaque in one of the parks we walked in that was like an ode to all the Dutch. Oh. Well, so I, I assumed. But yeah, any Winnipeg people listening right now, where we are staying is near the Viscount Gort. Off Vi- of <laughs> Viscount Gort. <laughs> Gort, off of Portage, right? I picture just... Uh, by Portage and Queen, or by Por- Park Polo Mall. Polo Park Mall. Polo Park Mall, yeah. yeah. I picture the Viscount Gort... Just has a pair of like uh, he has he wears a cape, but also just a pair of boxer shorts uh, with hearts on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been North Americanized for sure, but he still brings the cape from old Europe with him. From old Europe, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, the old times. 
Yeah, he's like, I like your, I like your North American uh, underoos. <laughs> they relax. For some reason, he has one of those. Uh, those Medallion? No, those barrels of uh, of brandy around his neck, like St. Bernard's do. <laughs> yeah. You know? He's like, there's still... He, Every every night when he throws a party at his big castle across the portage, <laughs> he always walks around going, they're pointing at it, going, "There's still some left. <laughs> there's still some left." Like the cryptic, "There's room for one more." <laughs> there's still some barrel brandy left. <laughs> Wait, what accent would he talk in? You're good at accents. I I don't know. He would. It would talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> There's still some brandy barrel left. Let, barrel. Me, let me pour you a drink out of my neck. Yeah. Please pull up a chair to my neck. <laughs> Have a seat by my neck. Take a drink out of the barrel that swings low. <laughs> oh, God. Viscount Court. We, we have digressed already pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Well... <laughs> okay, so seeing as that you are nice to me because we are married <laughs> and you like me in that degree, but you also check out the podcast, right? For yeah, the most I do. Part. I think it's very good, and I'm not just saying that <laughs> because uh, no, I think it's uh, I really enjoy listening to it. Interesting people. You think you know someone? I know, and then and then all of a sudden. Gowan is in their fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I just brought that up because you know the drill. We talk about what your perfect utopian world would be like. And I'm interested to, I'm sure because you've listened to a bunch, you probably have thought about it a bit, right? Have you? I've thought about it a bit. Yeah. Well, you're a busy person yeah. working on two TV shows at the same time. Um, Mr. Well, D and Sunnyside and yeah. traveling all over Canada all the time. It's true. It's been a very busy summer. It's been the busiest summer that I know of anybody for you. Yeah. Um, so, but you did squeeze in some thoughts about what your perfect, oh guys, if, yeah, we mentioned that. I don't know if you mentioned that at the top, but that jingling of the ice is we made some drinks for ourselves. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Why the hell not? Why the hell not? It's our, it's my last day in Winnipeg. So may as well go with, with a bang. But also, I was going to buy this Mickey at the liquor store two days ago of CC, just so we can have a little nip, Canadian club. <laughs> and then this girl with bright red hair in the liquor store who was behind me in line goes, nah, if you're going to get that, get this. And then she recommended this other whiskey. I don't, we don't have the bottle here. I forget what it's called. Something Barrel Select. Yeah. It's still a plastic I think it's bottle. Viscount Gort's Barrel Select. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyways, that's what we're drinking. We have whiskey in our cup. Viscount Gort is just across the way and, and uh, watching over us. And you have some ideas. Just for, we'll start off basic. What's like a basic idea for your your perfect utopian world that you, you know? Well, I don't think it's uh Maybe I have a bad imagination. Oh, come on. <laughs> But this I, just, is, uh, but you already know, like I, I, I always just want to retire to the woods. In the, that's true. In a log cabin. 
and live there. People like, always ask me, well, what's your utopia? I'm close to that, too. And just, like, live out my days, like... So what kind of woods? Like a Canadian wilderness? Yeah. There's yeah. trees and a dock and, like, a, a lake with, like, yeah. mist rising up around it. The whole time? Yeah, the whole time. <laughs> you don't have a bright, sunny it's day? Like a, it's a good... It's a toxic chemical. It's a lake from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it's a swamp. Yeah. Uh, no. No, it's a beautiful... Lake. I know what you mean, though. Morning mist. Morning mist. I love that. Morning That's mist. very Canadian. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's probably at other places, but that's what... can't. When I think of, like, Canada, I think of our northern wilderness like that. I guess we didn't grow up in Manitoba or Saskatchewan, though, where it's like prairies forever, right? They have lots of lakes in Manitoba. I know. I saw a bunch flying in. But here's what I'm wondering, just to take away for a sec. Mm-hmm. Like the prairies. Is it prairies all the way up north, too? Or do they hit like a tree line again and some rocky... I have no idea what the hell is up there. I'm down either. The abominable snowman. No one ever comes back. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So you're that's you're up north-ish. In the woods, you have a nice place there, like a log cabin house. Yeah, like a log cabin with a with a wood stove in it. Oh yeah, yeah, wood stove, kind of like where we stayed for our honeymoon at Al Hackenberg's. At Al Hackenberg's, just outside of Sundridge, for anyone who in Ontario, <laughs> that was really nice. Rebecca so. Kohler will know because she uh, yeah she tipped us off on Al Hackenberg. I know, and the last time I talked to her about it, because they went up again this year. This is very personal. It's so funny. I, they went up this year, and they said probably not going back. Well, too quiet. It is. It it needed to be on a on a larger body of water. There is a beautiful river that runs through it. Mm-hmm. That we actually, because there's no running water in the cottage. Right. We Buckets of cold river water. Yeah, to flush the toilet. Flush the toilet and, and boil, right? And boil to wash dishes and stuff. Yeah. And also, we we bathed in that river. Yeah. And then you got leeches on your feet and a boy saw me with no top on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was Leo Mole. And then he sculpted you. I think it was a kid who was like, who was like getting out of the truck to take a whiz. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, the river went. We thought we were in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. but it soon discovered the like river. Twenty-five feet away, there was a road. Not that farther than that. It was like double that, but then yeah, there was a kid. And we were there trying to bathe in this river. Oh my god! Not nude, but. Almost. Well, your top was off. Above the waist. That's not where I got the leeches on me. I got the leeches on me up further in the more swampy area of the river. When I climbed, I walked in to go stand on a big rock like I was the owner of the wilderness. (laughs) Yeah. And then I had little leeches all over my feet. And I was like, you bastards. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So we're talking like warmer body, big body of water, Uh log cabin-ish, fully insulated, wood stove, Canadiana wilderness. Totally. The mist rises off the lake in the morning. During the day, you can have a totally normal lake. I'm uh, an, in this lake. If it's too quiet, do you want it to be that quiet? Or what do you want? I like it pretty quiet. Yeah, okay. 
Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I'm a I'm a excellent oarsman. Oarsman. Yeah. yeah. I have a rowboat and I just and I don't like I can go out in it and turn both the oars and I don't go around and around in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> like I probably would if I tried to get into a rowboat. You think so? Yeah, you know it. I don't know it. I think that would be that would have to mean that one arm is way stronger than the other. Because you just row at the same time, and then when you want to turn, you row with the one arm or the other. I guess so. Yeah. Did you know that I was, like, a master canoeist? A master canoeist? Well, I was when I was a kid. You regale me about your your camp date. But you've been in the canoe with me before. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. (laughs) We didn't tip like a master. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. You're in a rowboat. Yeah. You know, whatever. Traveling around. Yeah. That's great. And what are you doing on this trip through the lake on your rowboat? Um, I, I fish. I'm a fisherwoman. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. To catch fish to cook and eat? Yep. Do you um, mind that you kill the fish? No, because it's, because uh, I'm, I'm going to eat it. I'm not doing it for sport. Right. You use it. Mm-hmm. And it appreciates that. It appreciates it. Yeah, it's like, thanks so much. If you didn't eat me, I'd be pissed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Me and the fish have an agreement. Yeah. Um, I fish, and the fish appreciate that I eat all of their body. We had a... You had trout the other day in in a restaurant here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And it had the head on it, and you didn't like looking at the head. Uh, I put my napkin over its head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what they used like, to do. You with, don't want to see what I'm going to do to the rest of you. That's so. what they used to do years ago with people before they started burying them. <laughs> they just put napkins over their dead head. <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle medieval times, if your son didn't make it through the winter, put a napkin <laughs> on his head. <laughs> I just put a vase of flowers uh, on his decomposing face. <laughs> Cover it up. It took them... Hundreds of years to be like, it's got to be better than this. Let's just get him out of the house. <laughs> yeah. Put him out back. Put a napkin over his head. They had napkins back then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're cooking, you're ca- <laughs> catching fish. <laughs> they didn't bury people yet. They just had tons of napkins. <laughs> they never bathed. Yeah. Uh, but they they had a lot of napkins. Yeah. Pass me that napkin. I hate how you wipe yourself down and it sort of gets stuck to your skin. <laughs> That's what they would say in the medieval times with all their napkins. Okay, so you're fishing in your rowboat. You're using all of the fish. What are you doing with the heads is what I'm getting at. Um, I guess I'm... I guess I, I throw them back in the lake. <laughs> you, you use, I thought for a second I would say that I would eat the heads too, but no, I can't. I'll just put them back in the lake. You know how frightening that is to their family? Oh, here he comes. Oh, Christ. <laughs> like just your father's head floating down into your living room. Come on. What else is he saying? Well, that's what's happening. Yeah, but I thought this is utopia. Nobody cares. Well, that's up to you. So in your perfect utopian world, fish don't care about seeing severed, uh, decapitated members of their family. No. (laughs) Okay, write that down. Okay. (laughs) I like that. 
So you throw the discarded heads of the fish you eat back into the lake. Yeah. And let them decompose. Maybe uh, worms and weird other creatures will... Another fish will get eat their heads. You know what? I put them in my garden where I grow all sorts of... Fish trees. No, like, uh, I don't know, beans and uh, broccoli. and. Um, so you're a natural gardener. Yeah. You want beans, you want broccoli. What else do you want? Tomatoes, peppers? Tomatoes, peppers, uh, what else? Uh, cucumber. Yeah. A pumpkin. Can you describe the cucumber? For my jack-o'-lantern Yeah, Halloween. one pumpkin a year. That's <laughs> nice. Yeah. Squash? Squash. Um, it's limitless. Beets. A lot of beets. Oh, yeah. Beets are great. I They're good beets. for your liver. Uh, Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. Okay. Potatoes. Uh, turnips. Uh, ah. Turnips, eh? I never got into those. Oh, they're good. Why don't you describe to the people listening right now what the one cucumber that grew in our garden looked like this year? (laughs) Please. It looked like a sick yellow... uh, First of all, it wasn't in the shape of a cucumber. No, it was like... It was was in the shape of a Viscount Gort. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if I had to figure out what a Gort was, that's what it looked like. It was like a short chub, like short. <laughs> yeah, it was like what a cucumber looks like before it's erect. <laughs> yeah, it was a flaccid, cute. flaccid yellow thing. Yeah, cuke. Yeah. <laughs> flaccid cuke. It was a. It was not a grower nor a shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I like this. We're up in the cabin. You've got a ginormous garden going. Yep. Uh, you got your rowboat ready to go to catch fish to eat. Are there other sort of live stock that you catch to eat or just fish? I think I'm mostly just a pescatarian. Yeah? Yeah. You raise chickens at all? I know you like chicken Maybe Maybe, maybe I have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> just one gun? Yeah. And I, uh... For, like, hunting, protection, security, whatever? Both. Yeah. But, um, what kind of gun? Just say it right like now. A shotgun. Yeah, classic. And I use it uh, every once in a while. I I shoot a wild turkey. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's good. For like same around the same time of year as you grow the pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> it is October right now, and, I invite, and it's fall outside. I invite outside. all the other like all the other uh, recluses. Out from their, yeah. out from their cabins in the woods, their respective caves, and then they come over for Thanksgiving dinner. So the rest of the planet, that's nice of you to invite them. So the rest of the planet is still the same. Yeah. You just have your privacy in this heavily, like deep wilderness. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just a hermit. Right, but do you, if you leave the woods, do you come into? The world as it is now, like cities and hustle and bustle, as same as it is. Wars all across the world and bombings and whatever. Well, ideally, that's not happening. <laughs> but you know. but you are thinking that you are on this planet. But I, I feel like yeah, I feel like the rest of the is. world does its own thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, hang loose, man. Yeah, whatever. I like it's like America's about to go. And Canada is about to go bomb the shit out of Iraq and Syria. And it's like, 
Uh, you guys do your thing, man. <laughs> what a, I feel like I feel like no no matter what that's going to happen. You could no matter what. Well, this perfect utopian world, no. the whole world can be your creation, not just where you live. Right. You know. But I feel like I feel like also war is necessary. Well, not that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I feel like. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. You can say it. Maybe a a world without. Well, I don't know. A, a world, world without, without conflict would be. Maybe we wouldn't be able to appreciate the same things. I mean, that's very. I've never been. I've never lived in a place where there was war. Right. But. But yeah. the fact that we are stressed about it and it depresses us. Still helps us be human. Yeah. So in a way, we need to read these like disheartening numbers of deaths in the newspaper every morning, so that we can be like. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I don't want there to be war. I don't. But people do die no matter what. I just like wish that. I mean, ideally, everybody would just uh, would just chill out and no one would be fighting and uh, cultures could be cultures and there could be uh maybe there's conflict but there's not the kind of there's not the sort of like mass killings that go on and there's no terrorists and there's no uh yeah yeah People don't do awful, awful things. To so each other. smaller conflicts. <laughs> yeah, like just uh, arguments. Give me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Arguments help yeah, us appreciate yeah, yeah, what yeah. we have. Nobody's brutal. Yeah. No, no brutality. That's nice. Nobody's brutal. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't. I don't get. No, that. it's like a power thing. People uh, need to feel powerful, so, so that makes them more brutal. I think, or something, right? I don't get. I don't know. I don't get brutality. Yeah, but you're not a power hungry freak. Mm, I'm not a man either. No, men are pretty brutal. Yeah, to each other. Men are brutal. Not, yeah, to a lot of. Not all men. Not of course not all men, but. Yeah, some of us are pussy cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of you are sweetie pies. Are there men in this world? Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you live alone in the cabin? No. You say you like being a hermit. Yeah, but you come over. Oh, I do? I come by every now and then? <laughs> from my brutal office job in the city? <laughs> no, you're When there. I'm not fighting war, I come and visit you in this beautiful cabin? No, you're there. Am I there? Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. And the cats are there. The cats? We have two cats, Wolfman and Bernadette. Mm-hmm. I think people, if they listen from the beginning, already know that. Yeah. Um, that's nice. Two cats. Do we have any other pets? Uh, we have a dog and a goat. <laughs> Do they get along? Yeah, everybody does. They Could come it. in the house when it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. What about ducks? You got ducks hanging around? Yeah, they swim in the lake and... Yeah? Yeah. That's nice. So, you're pretty busy maintaining the garden. I'm like Mother Nature. 
You are Mother Nature. I understand all of nature. Can I just tell everyone? <laughs> yeah. What? Well, you last year, and I can be, and I'm, I'm like an apothecary too. I know how to like make tinctures and cure alls and stuff, like a, like Mother Nature and a witch. I've never seen you make a tincture. No, no. The but you do have a witch-like way of making your own salad dressing. <laughs> Right? I How do you make so. your salad dressing? The secret is Dijon <clears throat> mustard. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's a tincture. I want people listening right now to know that you're listening to Kathleen Phillips's Utopian World, which I have to admit is a lot like a book you really read and enjoyed, not this year, but last year. What book was that? Well, Walden? Yeah. Walden by yeah, Henry David I, Thoreau. I didn't, I didn't actually finish reading Walden. Because, because it's funny. He turned into too much of a braggart. <laughs> braggart, but also uh, he was living on borrowed land with yeah, borrowed like money, borrowed right? land. Like he only lived re- re- pretty close to his mother's house. And yeah. he, like, he built his cabin. He went to this like but wasn't it- poor Irish man who was like, can I dis- I'll give- pay you a bunch of money if I can dismantle your house. And then build yeah. it into another house. Exactly. So <laughs> all the naturalists listening right now that are getting off on this, what is it? The Walden, uh, which was for like years and years, like decades, like a blueprint for that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. It was hypocritical. Kind of. I mean, like, right? he did do it, but he was like, uh, he didn't like, uh... You know, fell is it called felling logs or something like that? Like to build his own log cabin, he just he dismantled an Irishman's house and 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 like reassembled it to be his own house. But wasn't the property actually like the property he was on in this? It was like in his town. But it was another poet's property, wasn't it? Wasn't it like Yeats or Keats or someone helped him? Or I don't remember. No, okay, I can't remember either. I get those two mixed up. Well, I think Keats is British and Yeats is American. I don't know. But, yeah, it was something like that, too. It wasn't like, because where did he get the property? It was on the far end of someone else's property, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I forget. I but feel that like happens a lot them. in our real life is we get these idealistic yeah. naturalists. Uh-huh. But then they're to, to like, live out that kind of goal. They're denying themselves the truth about everything they actually need from the help from everybody else to become this sort of like sheltered naturalist. Yeah. Unless you literally live deep in the woods and where no one ever like looks for you. It's pretty hard to do, right? I like guess so, but there must be like if you think about it, if you think about all the people who don't want to live in society and who retreat from society and live in the woods. Like you look, if you look at a map and there's all those green parts where it's just forest or mountains or whatever, Mm -hmm. think about how many people are buried in there. Like not buried as in dead, but they're like, they're living in there. Well, it's like a real naturalist way of living. You would turn into a caveman. Naturalist or hermit. Hermit. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's that story about the guy for 20 years, like, lived in the woods. Where was that? Do you see that? 
but he would sneak into people's houses in the in the suburban area near the woods and, and take their stuff. Take what he needed for twenty years, and they just busted him. Oh, I wish I could remember. I read it a while ago. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> do you want to do that too? <laughs> Dip into the suburbs and nip a few, uh, nab a few things. Yeah, that's funny. Well, if you can, let's then let's put let's, like the Grinch. That guy's like the Grinch. Yeah, let's uh, the Grinch who stole things he needed. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I had this idea one time? <laughs> That the Grinch was like a metaphor for like a for like the like the last uh, native left over, and and everyone else was below was like a was like a white Christian. Whoa, <laughs> that's a good idea. And he was all and he was all alone, and he was all alone, and uh, he had he rejected conformity for so long. Yeah. And then finally, when he was hanging on the edge with all that Christmas stuff. He was like, stuff, look at all those He's like, it would just be just... way easier just to assimilate. And then he did. And then what does he do? He goes down to Whoville and carves yeah. the Who hash for everyone. Yeah. He's like, look at me playing your game. <laughs> Smiling between his clenched teeth. Minstrel show. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't put it past Dr. Seuss to have a message like that. Did you ever see his, like, uh, World War II, like, propaganda drawings? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty serious. Yeah. I'm sure the guy... And apparently Horton Hears a Who is about, for some reason, like, the bombing of Hiroshima or something. I don't remember the story well enough to point out. Yeah, but look it up. I read that recently. So So he was obviously politically minded in some of his work so i wouldn't i mean superficially the grinch who stole christmas just seems like another scrooge tale but i don't think that that's what the grinch is actually about i like that (laughs) interpretation though (laughs) i like it because you didn't think of it as like a super funny joke you thought of it as like this actually seems possible yeah, well, he could spend the rest of his life being a Grinch and, and you know, trying to preserve his culture. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh is a little deadly. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, oh, I'm just thinking about the Grinch preserving his culture. Of Grinches. Of being grumpy. Yeah. Everyone comes into my... Yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway... I wanted to ask you a weird question. If you did, if you were hermitizing, totally love in your life, yeah, you're pretty, um, you know, self uh, sufficient. S- sufficient. Uh, if you did sneak into the suburbs mm-hmm. for one evening, what would be the few things that you'd nab from the suburban house? Like if you were like this other hermit, they just busted. Um, wine and cardigans. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice, like, I don't know. I just need to tell the people listening right now, Kathleen is wearing a cardigan here in Winnipeg. Uh, and at home, even, we have three of her cardigans hanging in the bathroom. <laughs> 
And you have more hanging here, right? You're a cardigan freak. I like I like a cardigan because you, depending on the temperature, you know, just on or off, it's just easy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It slips on and off like a cape, like a Viscount's Plus cape. It's, just, it's like a frame for whatever shirt you have underneath. Yeah. The picture frame. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> What's on your shirt right now? Um, I'm wearing a Nico Case t-shirt. Oh, yeah. And you love her, right? Yeah, I do love her. So, music-wise, would you have a stereo or would you have, like, live instruments in this cabin to keep it natural? Radio. Radio like old F- AM radio, right? Yeah. You love the old hits, eh? Yeah, I get CKOC on it. <laughs> what what is CKOC? Rock and Ray. Rock and Ray. <laughs> what are some of the hits Rock and Ray always plays? Does he play like that stuff you were talking about today? Yeah. Like yeah. Rock and Robin, yeah. all, Lollipop. All these, all these radio. CKOC. Do the, can you do the Palisades Park thing again? Last night I took a walk in the dark. That's how he sings it. Uh, 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 hold uh. on, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd want the old 50s, like, um, uh, what's it called? Teeny Bopper hits. Or like yeah, malt shop. Right through this right through to the sixties. Yeah. What's it called in the those like where they danced and was Sock Hops? Sock Hops, yeah. I yeah. think that's more of like a forties thing. No. You don't think No, so? that's fifties, man. Oh, I don't know. Forties is all jazz still. But the, I think the teenagers went to Sock Hops. Um in the fifties. I don't really care what they did. I'm not that interested in that. Right. Okay, so you want the old sorry. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I don't give a goddamn what the fucking kids are up to these days. <laughs> That's why I'm by myself in the middle of the woods with one shotgun and a fat turkey under my I foot. Would have friends. Still have friends. Yeah. My friends would come to visit. Plus I would have I would be friends with the other hermits. Yeah. Like once it would be That's like a contradiction. A, well, I know. But yeah, you said you'd invite them over for Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving. Like, we can all just tolerate for company like a couple of times a year. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Why don't you describe who's your and favorite they, hermit? And they put on, and we put on like a, sh- a show for each other. Like a play? Or like a like comedy show? Like a variety show? show. Like everybody goes away and you think about your act. For a year. Or like, you know, maybe... Uh, quarterly, we get together. Quarterly show, I like that. <laughs> and we get together and we think about our act. And you can get into a duo. You can make put an act together with the with another hermit. Yeah. Uh, or you can do a solo thing. Most people do solo things because they're hermits the rest of right. the year. <laughs> um, and then they go to perform, and they're like, "Don't look at me." <laughs> <laughs> and then. Uh, we choose whoever's house that we're going to do it at. Yeah. And we make a, you know, we put up lights and a little curtain and, uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. we do the show and, uh, the forest animals watch through the windows. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's a bit like the seven dwarves. Yeah. They're always like, you guys okay in there? <laughs> Watching your show. What would you do at the talent show, at the variety show? A monologue. Like a character monologue? Yeah. Like what you do... Kind of, yeah. Now, for your comedy. Cool. Do you have a favorite... No one's probably ever asked you this. What? Because you have a million. 
But you do all kinds of different character monologues. You have some crossover with callbacks with certain characters. Do you have an all-time favorite character monologue? Mm. Or character? I don't know. What about Cowboy Poet? Oh, Cowboy Poet. That's way up there, right? It's pretty fun. Yeah. To do Cowboy Poet. Did you do a few lines of the Cowboy Poet, just for people that don't know it? This cook fire? Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember that one. You go light another cook fire, stinky, or something. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> light another cook fire, stinky. We gotta get up for sun up, then ride all dang darn day, dang darn it. <laughs> I, <can't, laughs> I don't know. That's cowboy poet. Yeah, I forget. Maybe. You would do Cowboy Poet at this uh, variety show. Maybe, yeah. Let's have some fun right now. And some cowboys wear a clean shirt. Some cowboys wear a dirty shirt. Some cowboys wear a green shirt. Some cowboys... Yeah, I don't remember it. But the, then... What, what does he say? He says that. I like how you're like, what does he say? It's like you... <laughs> You're the cowboy poet. What does that guy say again? The shirt I wear is the shirt that's the best. Anyway, the punchline is he wears turtlenecks. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I forget. I would Let's have some fun right now and yeah. think about what some of these other hermits would do at the variety show. Yeah. So name one hermit. that you, like, you probably have one pictured in your mind. What's his name and what does he look like right now? His name is Soggy. And he's a pear-shaped man, and he has a floppy hat. <laughs> what kind of floppy hat? Like one of those floppy felt hats that you see, like it's they like a lot of women wore in the seventies, and now sometimes you see them walking around. They wear so, those big glasses and the. But this is soggy a man. Soggy. Is it a man? Yeah. And he found this old woman's hat, and he just throws it on. Yeah, it's a felt, just a floppy felt hat. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does it have a feather in it? No. No. Okay. Does, like, Diane Keaton wear one? Uh, in, like, I think, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So what does Soggy do? Soggy do? <laughs> what does Soggy do at the variety show? Uh, he has the voice of an angel. And he just sings Palisades Park or something? He sings, like, uh, he sings ballads. Oh, yeah? Like yeah. what? Uh, just about his life and <laughs> his mother. Oh, he makes them up? Yeah, he makes them up. Man, there's that's stories, good. There's stories from his his heart, and he's gay. Oh, no. He's the one gay hermit. That's but, so cute. Yeah. I love Soggy. Me too. I love him to death. He's great. Aw. I love that. You know what? I love that your first hermit so far, Soggy, is freaking adorable and... He has original material. Like, are all your hermit friends going to be as creative as you and, like, actually be 100% original? Like, because at first when you said he sings ballads, I'm like, okay, like, what? Like, every rose has its thorn? No. But you're like, no. Oh, yeah, he doesn't like play an instrument. He just he just sings them a cappella. Yeah. And they're like stories. That's so cute. What's another one? Um, there's... Another hermit. There's Childers. 
<laughs> what does Childers do? Uh, uh, Childers, um, he... Uh, That'd be funny if they were all sad gay men, and it was you... <laughs> You were like Snow White with like seven sad gay men doing variety shows in the woods. <laughs> I mean, they're not sad because they're gay. They're sad because for various reasons that led them into the woods. No, none things. of them are sad. Not even Soggy is sad. He has some sad. He has some. Oh, I just assume ballads are sad for some reason. No, well, no, there are sad parts, right. but they're story songs. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. I don't know why I had a sad bend on ballad. Um, uh, Childers. Yeah, what's Childers all about? He, uh. I'm picturing dwarves now no matter what. He's, uh, he can draw. <laughs> yeah, that's good. He draws really quickly. Mm-hmm. He, whatever you say. He can, like, he's like Mr. Dress Up. Yeah. He can, just gets out his pens and his marker, his markers and his, like, a big piece of paper. Mr. Dress Up is Ontario, right? Yeah, Ontario. I forget. Children's I, entertainer. I know because we grew up with him. I always think of him as like from the world. Everyone in the world knows Mister Dressup. Does Can- Canada knows him, right? Or is it just Ontario? No, Canada. Yeah. Okay. CBC. Oh, CBC. Right. Right. Okay. So he draws as fast as Mister Dressup mm-hmm. from Canada. <laughs> yeah. If you're American listening, and so that's a fast drawer. He's a kids' entertainer. What else does he do? Childers. Yeah, Childers. What does he look like? Is it a man? Uh, yeah. yeah. What does he look like? Uh, he's very uh, tall. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got very uh, thick uh, glasses. And um, uh, he has a voice that sounds like this. That's nice. Yeah. Hey, I'm Childers. <laughs> yeah, and then does he go... Yell out what you'd like me to draw. He's bald and he wears a tie every day, even though he lives in the forest. That's so nice, but he's got a slave to his own ritual. Yeah, he just draws and draws and draws, and he paints and whatever. Everybody, all of the hermits have his artwork hanging around their cabin. Not a lot of men wear ties anymore. Yeah. He makes a point of it. I don't know. Why? Why do you think he's a stickler for ties? There's a guy... There's a guy, his name is Lawrence, and he works on a... He works, is this real life? No, he, uh, he works, he's part of the crew of the show that we're working on. Oh, yeah. And he's on like... Sunny uh, side. He's like, he's one of the head lighting guys. Mm-hmm. And he can, has this magical ability, you know, when the clouds go over the sun, and they block it out for the cloud cover for a little while. Oh, you are telling and, me about him, yeah. He just looks and he's like, three minutes, and then he, uh... And then, then the clouds are gone in three minutes. That's amazing. He just knows. Lawrence. Yeah. Well, does he wear a tie? He does wear a tie. Okay. Is that what I was wondering? Like, where did Lawrence come from right now? Oh, yeah. That's nice. Childers looks a bit like Lawrence, I guess. Okay. He looks like Lawrence. And we got Childers. We got Soggy. Um, interesting other hermits. Who else? Um, uh... Buley. Buley? Yeah, Buley. How do you spell that? B-U-L-E-Y. Buley. Buley. Yeah. Buley. What is Buley? Is that a man or a woman? It's a woman. Buley, what does she do? Um, She is a... 
She plays the wash tub. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> like the drums. She yeah. can make uh she turns like she turns like buckets and stuff upside Beauty. down and then she just drums the shit out of it. She can really wail on it. So she's like the girl from some she's kind like of those, wonderful. No, she's like the guy outside the Eaton Center with all those buckets. Oh yeah. Eaton Center in Toronto. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy's been around forever, eh? Drum drum man. Yeah, drum man. So Beauty plays the drums like crazy and you guys love it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Does she usually cap off the night? Because it's a loud one, right? Maybe she starts off the night. Well, there are other... So there's some other hermits there that play various instruments. Do they play together? Yeah, they play together. What does Beulie look like? Um, she's, uh... She's sort of, uh... She's, she's a bit older. Sort of, uh... Squat. She's got, um... Cornrows. And she maintains those in the woods. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, a nose ring. Oh cool. And uh, she has uh, uh, tattoos, lots of them, all over her legs, but none <laughs> on the upper half of her body for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> she thinks if they're on my legs, I'll still be professional up top. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Because she used to work at a bank. Oh really? Yeah. And then something happened there, and then that drove her into the woods? She just, like, she would go to work at, uh, every week, and she'd just be, like, uh, hating her job so much. Mm-hmm. But feeling like, what you know, else am I, what else am I going to do? i got to pay the bills. And you then, actually and have then a... on her weekend, she would go and get a, another tattoo on her legs, and she stayed at that job for 14, 15 years. So the tattoos on her legs were her way of... Just building up all of these tattoos. All were, of these tattoos where nobody could ever see it them. It was her way of expressing herself while being trapped in a in a very uh, conservative bank job. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You actually have a really funny character monologue about a woman who sort of snaps and loses it in a bank. And then, oh, yeah. Right? And then yeah. she moons everybody or whatever? She uh she pulls down her pants and she uh and uh she uh pulls her butt cheeks open and close and pretends that her anus is a mouth. <laughs> and then she gets in trouble at the bank. But but that's her having a nervous breakdown because she thinks all that stuff is absurd, right? Or like what is it? She, what leads her to have that breakdown having, in the bank? It's a series of small things. She just can't yeah. seem to get control or be, you know, like hold it together. Like she's constantly dropping her keys and there's cat hair all over the place. And she mm-hmm. didn't wash any of her underwear. So she has to cut the legs off a pair of pantyhose and wear those around mm-hmm. as underwear all day. She's yeah. just mad because she can't be a, a, a together, like, with it woman. But doesn't she say something about maybe going into the woods in her rant? No, I think that's another that's one. That's another one? Well, still, I was trying... Well, you do have different character monologues that talk about why can't we live in the woods. And then you have the you have the one character monologue where the... I think a lot of my monologues are about not being able to be a functional member of society. Well, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> In a way, do you think of a bank as like the peak of like a sort of conformist, like like a conservative capitalist society and like, you know what I mean? 
conformist society? I think it would be a very sterile place to work. Right. And so it's like the anti-everything that you would like to be. Or you'd like the world to be like. It's like the worst part of it. The worst part of it. Right. Because there's all this stuff. It's sterile. It's fake. There's so much stuff. I mean, money is what makes the world go around. But so most people don't understand it and are terrified of it. But you have to, you you have to deal with it every day. Right. I bet you banks are the ones that made up money is what makes the world go around. <laughs> yeah. Like they probably were like, pass it on. <laughs> like they whispered it into Walt Disney's ear or something. <laughs> yeah. And then he made a cartoon about Goofy one day going there, to a bank. One day there will be like breaking news, like extra, extra money. Money's not, doesn't make the world go around. Yeah. It's just. Uh, we were only allowed to say that a hundred years after Walt Disney's death. <laughs> 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 like they had to wait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the only reason that everyone says that is because it was a song once in the Mickey Mouse cartoon. I just imagine that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's really good because, you know, um, that's what's so uh, attractive about, like, not just, like, your character monologues are hilarious, but a lot of them are always about a woman being like, this all this conformist crap is absurd. Let's just go nuts, right? You want to live in the woods. You want to live down by a river. You uh, you have you, you have troubles with like shitty apartments and landlords and yeah, I, it's a really you, you have a theme in your work about nonsense and the absurdity of like uh, like the civilized city life. Yeah, it's a it's There's... repressive to you. Uh, well, there's that part, but then there's also, I think, just, like, not being able to feel like you... Have control? Like, yeah, like you have control or you can fit in or whatever. Not in an idealistic way, maybe. Maybe not so much about ideals, but more Mm -hmm. about being just, like, frustrated. So, yeah, with all the sort of, like, the rules and the laws of civilized society it makes your life too rigid like you can't you're you get you get distracted being exact 100 percent who you really want to be because you have to meet all these like beats of lifestyle like every day or whatever right does that make sense yeah yeah you know what i mean like you can't just wake up and 100 percent go 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 be who you want to be because you have to do all these stupid things like banking and yeah, there's that, but there's Making also just, there, I think there's also just like, you know, trying to be, uh, I don't know, trying to be like a, trying to be like a together with it person is, is, is hard to do. It's not easy for everybody to do. Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, I know that. So it's not even like a huge political thing. No, it's not. It's just like, ugh. It's just like, oh. Your your rules, but really, you could be saying uh, talking just, to anybody. It's like it's just like I'm never gonna I'm never gonna have a not messy purse, and not do things like wash all of my laundry with a pen, <laughs> <laughs> like I did this weekend. That's right. <laughs> While she was at work, I took nail polish remover and dabbed it onto those cotton swabs, 
and cleaned out pen from the dryer that for her. That's a very nice thing of you to do. Yeah, she washed her whole load of laundry with a pen inside. And dried it. And dried pen. it. Yeah. <laughs> so now uh, a lot of my clothes have pen all over them. Yeah. <laughs> that's Kathleen. And that's just how it's going to be. So imagine her going to a bank. <laughs> it's like 100% worse. To apply for a loan, and I have yeah. pen all over my clothes. Well, the other day, we have the same accountant, mm-hmm. and he called me um, point A to point B. He called me to tell me that, unfortunately, I owe a bit more money than I thought on my taxes from last year. Mm-hmm. But in the middle of getting from point A to point B, I don't know what the hell he said. Yeah, me neither. And he's like, you understand? See what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. That makes sense. Okay, thanks so much. Like, no, I didn't understand a goddamn thing he said. But you don't want to ask him to clarify because you know he's just going to say it over again. It's like, oh, his sounds. I also don't. Exactly. And I don't want him to clarify because I am all, I'm, I will fall asleep on the phone. It's like a shutoff switch. It's like telling a robot a conundrum. My brain will explode. Telling a robot a conundrum. But have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Or a paradox. Like if you tell... That's what would happen to my brain if I tried to understand basic accounting. Me too. I have. I, I we have the same sort of feelings towards that stuff where it's so like so many people, so many people get into dire straits with taxes, especially because they're because they're actually scared. Like there are just these letters and papers with it's, words that note that and sentences that don't make sense and you can't, don't understand them, so you just put them in a drawer and you hide from them and it ruins your life. Yeah, it's true. I know, and I don't understand. That. I just um, I get feelings, like I see colors, <laughs> like Clay, like our accountant will be like. So I filed it under this section under hoping that it was like blah, 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 tax-free because it was related to this, blah, blah, blah. This man is talking taupe at me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, do you understand? I'm like, yeah, I totally understand. It's black with blotches of red all over it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so good. That's, that's exactly literally what it, it feels like. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. I hate it. <laughs> But I used to have a stand-up joke like that. I should maybe bring it back, but it's totally true. And I was talking about this with Tom Henry, who I was also a guest on the show a while ago, uh, about this sort of thing where it's like, it's sort of maybe an artsy brain or something. I don't know, like a creative mind. It's like I can read a whole book, but I can't remember specific details sometimes. I just remember how I felt, how it made me feel. Right? We were talking about that the other day. Yeah. It's like news About items. reading, like you read a book and then someone asks you, what's it about? And you're like, me being sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's what the news is like, too. We yeah. get these snippets of things that have are so far away from us. Yeah. Like, literally, the world is not that as small as the news make it seem, makes it seem. But, so we're learning about this terrible stuff so far away from us. 
And even if it's in the same city, it's far away from us sometimes. You know what I mean? It's not related to us. That's why that Norm MacDonald bit's so funny, right? That we watched the other night. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's so that it just becomes, like, an abstract thing. Like, you read the news in the morning, first thing when you wake up, and you literally go, like, unga. And then you go and do other things, but you have that unga vibe in your head. You know what I mean? Like, uh, rain cloud or uh, sadness. But it's like, you're not doing anything about the news you read, ever, ever, right? Um, In a sense, you're being nicer to people, maybe, because you're like, oh, after you, because I just read about uh, 3,000 people that were murdered in the (laughs) Middle East. After you, sir. Like, that's the basic effect of that news. Right. You know, or Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Happy birthday. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, there's, there's like, it's a weird thing. It's it's, weird that's basically how we're affected by it. What are we supposed to know? I don't know. It's a, well, I mean, ultimately, I guess, I guess, I guess maybe, you, you got to know it, but it's a lot to process. Yeah, and even if it's basic, political... When you're basically a dog with clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you feel, right? You're like, how am I supposed to fit into all these society norms and be a together person when I'm a dog with some clothes on? Yeah. I'll say. That's so funny. Well, there we go. I like that. We got into the meat of some stuff, some ideas there. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. I know, we're not... We're we're these artsy weirdos trying to. Are we? I don't know. All we do is make jokes. Are we just two dumb guys (laughs) (laughs) who married each other? (laughs) I think so. Sometimes I worry about that. You and I are both similar ding dongs. That uh, luckily people think we're funny. I don't know what else we'd do. Jesus, (laughs) my brain sometimes feels like. like, okay, so imagine, like, a bowl of cookie dough being mixed and some M&Ms are in it. That's what my brain feels like it looks like. Like, it's not even, the cookies aren't even made yet. There's just all this gloop and then a few colorful spots of, like, I think you some have expertise. A, you have a very excellent brain. You shouldn't... Yeah, that's a f- high compliment Don't. coming from a dog in clothes. <laughs> Well, I think you have an excellent brain, too. I think you have an excellent brain, too. That might be the problem. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. We're two enablers for each other. (laughs) We're two idiot enablers. Like, don't you worry your little head. And then we both drown in a river. (laughs) (laughs) Hugging each other until we freeze to death. Just complimenting each other. You know that those skeletons they excavated that are like hugging each other. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> but because of a stupid reason, <laughs> like we stayed outside and it got cold. <laughs> the keys were on the counter. This <laughs> die staring in a window. Yeah. Two uh, two dead bodies were found uh, hugging each other in the woods the other day. Uh, there appeared to be the yeah. Uh, don't know if it's like uh, murder or not, but there's pen all over their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> no signs of foul play. <laughs> Just signs of bad foul laundry. 
decisions. How's your whiskey doing? Good. Well, this podcast, this episode is real hang zone, eh? I like it. Yeah, look you at like me. it. You having fun hanging on the? I hope people listening. There's a lot of funny stuff we talked about, and I really like. Uh, it's not over yet. I'm just, oh, okay. I thought maybe you were wrapping it up. Um, we could talk a bit more. I mean, let's bring it back to your perfect utopian world. Um, it was nice to take a little a huge digression there and realize why you don't want to be around all this nonsense. A lot makes a lot of sense, and for those listening, if you do. If you can watch Kathleen live or check out any stuff that she's written for and written and stuff. <laughs> I'm just trying to think like I'm trying there's some stuff you've written for that maybe we don't promote. I don't know. If you find one of my notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. There's a possibility I lose a lot of them. I'm sure. <laughs> she writes feverishly in her notebooks all the time. I can attest to that. She's a notebook fiend. But also, there's some stuff that you write for, because I know I, I paused because I, I realized I can't promote everything you work on, because sometimes you're just a hired gun, and it's not really, you know? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Just yeah, jobs. Whatever, man. <laughs> trying to keep it together. Just trying to keep the wolf at the door, you know? But I think, are you still thinking of doing, like, a one-person show? I would like to do it again, but, um, mm-hmm. you know... Sometimes I, I feel right now that I am, and I kind of talked to you about this before, but I'm experiencing some stage fright when it comes to Well, you've to had a lot of time off with all these TV shows, right? You've been in writing rooms all summer. You've been acting for the last few months. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's I guess and you're it's in, in your li- I guess You've so. been in ha- ha- excuse me, Halifax and Winnipeg. For months, and they don't have... It's not like Toronto where you get a bunch of stages to jump on every night. Yeah. But also, you know, but I, you I think that, uh, you know, being comfortable on stage, it takes a long time and it takes a lot of practice. Like, someone like you or a, a lot of very committed stand-ups, you, you have to do that every night, too. Well, uh, I haven't been up in three nights, and I, I'm excited to go back. And, yeah. You, yeah. And you hone it, and you get better and better, and I think the longer you spend away from it, the more... Well, it's almost like exercise for me. Like, if I don't get up on stage, I get kind of depressed and feel, like, logy and stuff. Like, I need to play. Yeah. But your stage fright is also possibly coming from... You've done a few shows recently where they weren't ready for your brand of comedy, and in my opinion... That's not because of you. That's because of people. Not no, I think it's because of me. I think it's because. But you are a unique style. You're not really stand up. You're not really sketch. And when people think character, they think of like, you know, a person yelling and going, <laughs> you know, like yeah, they but picture if real you, clowny if, shit. If you're, if you're, and you're not clowny. If you're not feeling, if you're not feeling confident when you get up there, then it's not. I mean, that reads. People can. People can tell. To a degree, yeah. But then when if you say funny things, if they don't get get it, then, you know, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I think if just to bring... Because there's a million... Sh- like, let's be honest. There's a ton of shows that you've done where you've been like, ooh, I don't know what this show's going to be like. And you go out a little nervous. And then as soon as you say the first few lines and they hit and people laugh, 
that's where you get your confidence from. But if they're like, if it's going over their head because it's, they don't know how to compute because it's a weird conceptual bit. Well, I don't. That's think that, not all your all, fault. I don't think it's always the case, though. I mean, yeah, you know. But I think that's it the case sometimes. Mean, it could just mean, uh, like, I mean, I I'm think not, you're thrown off because some crowds are whatever, maybe, not sophisticated, or, or, or maybe it's a bad, comedy savvy. Maybe it's a bad bit, you know. It could. I don't know. It well, could what be bit was it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I try to do. I try to do something brand new as often as I can, just because. Which also makes it harder. It makes it harder, but I. I don't know. I'm not. Like I'm never. I'm never going to be somebody who wants to get up every single night and perform live. Right. Well, instead, you write huge scripts and you perform and you act on TV. It's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it is totally fine. You but come maybe... from an acting background first, anyways, right? Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You totally... got. You became a comedian de facto because of. Yeah. The act, like the acting biz in Toronto was the stuff you were doing was pretty cheesy, right? Uh yeah, but I think I just sort of tended toward comedy naturally. Yeah, well you've always been a huge fan, right? Yeah, I love comedy and I kind of love the uh um, immediacy of it and I could just be as prolific or not as I ever wanted. Right. You know, and you you can write something and get up the same night or five minutes later or you know yeah well so is where you're coming from now kind of like maybe getting back into honing like a new one person show could be a fun challenge i think it could be a fun challenge but you know i'm not gonna freak i don't want to freak out about uh feeling weird on stage right now because it i don't know i mean i guess it's happened before and maybe that means that uh you're just going through a change you yeah. don't feel uh, don't feel excellent about the material that you're doing or that I'm doing right now. So just you gotta. That's totally fine. Step back and think about it, and think about like, no, don't just get up on stage for the sake of getting up there and like muddle through it, but go up there when because you're, you're excited. When you're energized it. about a new bit or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You're excited to do it, and so right now I don't. I don't have something that uh, that I feel really excited about, but I think mm-hmm. that I I will again. Yeah. Well, do you think that like being wrapped up in these two TV shows this summer? Well, it's been particularly that it will almost be a nice change for you to become more like uh, sort of selfish in that sense, like just you know. Yeah, it'll be nice to have a break, but I think that also all this, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have a, a, a bunch of work, but I think that when I can step away from doing the work, it, uh, I feel, uh, I feel energized by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, you got some time. Yeah, man. And then, the, and I'm also going to paint the living room and the bedroom. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> busy body yeah. you're always a busy body at home right it's hard for you to s- sit down there yeah you need projects i guess yeah i guess i'm always kind of doing something mm-hmm. you are okay. that's why i never i'll re- tell you i never really <laughs> got into the internet that much <laughs> <laughs> and we're back <laughs> to the hermit lifestyle it's true right 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, you read all your news. I don't I know. Do. You're, I'm on you're the line. You're I'm online on the internet a lot. a lot, but I don't think I know I, you mean the. I don't think I know. You're not a big self promoter on the online, which is what a lot of people I don't do now. I think I grasp how to use the internet properly. I don't. Bo- what do you mean? Like, well, you mean like in the self promotion way? Yeah, or even just like what to look for on a day to day basis. I don't think I explore it. I don't use it to its. Uh, I don't think a lot of people do. I think people get comfortable yeah. with refreshing a few websites. Maybe. It becomes very personalized. The internet to me, like a person's personal computer, it almost is like reminds me of like a middle school kid's like inside of their locker. <laughs> like these are the posters I like. Mm-hmm. This is the band I like. This is the Lamborghini I wish I could drive. You know? Yeah. It, it's like... It is funny because the internet is basically limitless, but we just go on Facebook and then refresh a few news feeds or blogs and that's it. I feel like, too, sometimes it's like, even though it's quiet, but but there's a lot of noise. It's like raccoons fighting over garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's getting. It's every, gross. It's about get like they you get you find yourself getting worked up about things, and then you're like, "Is this thing even real? What was every? Is everybody just fighting over something fake?" Well, it's kind of like how magazines become mostly ads. That's what it feels like. You're just always kind of looking at like the mag the ad section of the magazine, and like the back like the back five pages of a magazine. That's what the internet feels like. It's yeah. like This this how about this like it's just ugh. you know it's kind of like streamlined towards your taste because you bought that type of magazine that speaks to you uh-huh. but then it just becomes more ad space than real content you're like ugh. right i'm gonna barf thinking about it actually <laughs> even you go and watch our youtube video of a band you like you've got ads directed right at, at you, your taste before you watch it facebook has ads down the right side twitter has sponsored like tweets it's all like fucking back of magazines space junk that's why you, that's why you gotta check out the hobo the not hobo the hermit <laughs> chat, variety talent show? show oh i'm going yeah i'm going for sure well i'll be there i'll have well i have a you got a spare bedroom for me or something <laughs> no no internet at your cabin eh no that's beautiful relaxing quiet at night your phone doesn't work either Okay. <laughs> That'll drive me nuts, but okay. We have a landline. Ew. <laughs> God, that's like... Landlines now are like telegrams. Telegram. <laughs> you know? Stop. Uh, you know, like telegrams, they always say stop. Stop. <laughs> that's all it says. Love mum. <laughs> <laughs> So it's quiet at night, eh? Peaceful up there? Very nice. You have a nice uh, balcony or patio or something? Yeah. Looks out onto the lake? Yeah, totally. Mm. And I'm always like, uh, and and in my perfect utopian world, which is probably more just like a state of mind, Mm -hmm. I'm always feeling like uh, I've always got a great idea. On the go, you know what I mean? Okay. And I'm always executing it to a T. Give me an, an example. Do you have an example? Like, if I feel like, oh, I would love to paint a beautiful picture, then I just go set up an easel and and then 
make something excellent or like, Which you, you know what? I just, I feel like today I should start my novel. Mm-hmm. And then I would go out and I'd write a, a great book. You know what I mean? I wouldn't get tired and fall asleep mm-hmm. like I normally do. I feel like. You don't sleep that much. I fall asleep a lot. I don't notice. <laughs> when I try to set my mind to doing things, it makes me very tired. Me too. <laughs> I find like I can hardly like read a I, book without falling asleep. I feel like if I... I can I, read one chapter of a book and then I'm toast. Went to a beautiful cottage with all the inspiration in the world. I would like go and set up my easel on the dock and then I'd... And then I'd unfold my lawn chair or whatever, and then I would just fall asleep in the lawn chair. And then all my paints would be dried up when I woke up (laughs) an hour later. Okay, so at this perfect cabin here, you're not falling asleep. No. You're completing projects, basically. Got nice coffee there? I know you love coffee. Oh, yeah, super coffee. What's your favorite? It's just some very nice... uh, Espresso, and mm-hmm. I have a uh, my little stovetop, which I call it. Yeah, espresso cooker. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it has a way more romantic name. And coffee just stays hot. Yeah. In a perfect world. Yeah. Cool. I like it. It's nice. It's romantic. And this is a utopian world. The first one that I've heard that. Well, I know you already think I'm a part of it. But I actually really like it, too. Like, you know? Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I think yours and uh, I could do with Brent Butts, too. (laughs) (laughs) He had a really nice place going on. Yeah. But a lot of people, I I think it's nice. People like tranquility. They like privacy. They love beautiful views. Also, carrier pigeons. Okay. Send messages back and forth just because that's pretty cool. So just for the coolness. You still have the landline? Where you can like be like, hey. What about no landline carrier pigeon? Bird, can you take this? uh, How the hell do pigeons know where to go? They're just sonar. Well, who, what do they listen to? To know that they have to go to this specific spot. Vibes. (laughs) Yeah. I feel it in my gut that this is where the letter goes. Yeah. <laughs> According to my gut, carrier pigeons, follow your gut. <laughs> Weird. So do you still have the landline or just carrier pigeons? Both. Mm-hmm. How deep is the lake? Oh, I don't know. what. Maybe uh, 35 feet in the middle? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I don't know why I why thirty five feet. But that's I like arbitrary. Depth. There's a well, maybe it would have to be deeper than thirty five feet. There's like a there's like a there is a shipwreck in the middle of the lake that you can go down and explore. Okay. Thank you. There's not dead guys. There's just like just fish heads. Just rooms <laughs> that you can heads of explore. fish that you didn't eat. Yeah. Can you... Hmm. That'd be interesting. 
little sunken ship that you can explore all the time. I like that. That's nice. This world is not very big, you can tell. No, it actually sounds like, uh, in my opinion, it sounds like the perfect world in its right, its small capacity made just for you, in a giant dome that aliens made and they're observing you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, hey, guys. Like, maybe you have alien overlords watching you be, be like, a hermit the whole what's time. What's called? Like a terrarium or whatever. Yeah. With a water part. It's a pretty self-contained uh, environment. And uh, the aliens that have built it for you are like, watch this. She likes this, too. And then they put a little uh, squash in your garden. Yeah, I have a beautiful, uh, I have a beautiful surrounded by trees. A uh, beautiful lake with a dock. I'm always inspired. And then every once in a while, uh, crickets drop into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> From the sky? From the sky. They're like, oops, the hand, sorry. The hand of God comes down and drops a cricket into my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be aliens or it could just be like a God. And then you hear like, sorry, <laughs> they weren't supposed to go in your mouth. I like the sound of crickets at night, do you? Yeah, I do. So let's say it's nighttime now. What do we do before bed? What do we do? (laughs) No, I mean, (laughs) in your perfect utopian world, what do you do before bed? Um, I have a, I have a bathtub. Oh yeah. Outside. Outside bath. Old claw with the four claws? Yeah, totally. Okay. And you have a bath outside? Yeah. Hot bubble bath? hmm And then I uh, crank the tunes. Rock and Ray? Yeah, uh, yeah. Glass of wine. Look at the stars. Feet in or out of the tub? Feet out. Right. So they can feel the cool air while the rest of me is all nice and in the hot tub. Toasty. Yeah. You're looking up at the stars, drinking red wine, listening to the classics in a bubble-filled tub. Yeah. And then what? Then what do I do after that? I go inside and I uh, pet my cats and uh, do another couple pages on the novel. Never feel pretty satisfied with myself. Look through all my fan mail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only hermit who gets his fan mail. <laughs> yeah, what is your fan mail for? Your character monologues at your variety show? Uh, I, uh... I write uh, really funny short stories, and then I give them to carrier pigeons, and they uh, they uh, uh, shop them around to different uh, publishers, Reader's Digest. And, <laughs> the uh, carrier pigeons <laughs> actually act as your agent? <laughs> yeah, they're my agent. <laughs> agent pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Well, that's nice. So you, then you get into a nice big bed, right? Coz? Mm-hmm. Satisfied? Have a nice sleep. It sounds really nice, romantic. One of those like loft style beds that you have to climb a ladder up to. Okay, why? 
I don't know. It's you, neat. You like it that high? Yeah, it's neat. Is it comfy? Yeah, it's like a nest up there. Okay. Well, that's nice. So there you go. You're all snug. You've had a nice day in your perfect utopian world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think everyone listening has really... Well, I definitely think that I'm affected by the whiskey as well. <laughs> but I'm very relaxed right now because of the journey you took me on. Uh, I really like your utopian world, I have to admit. I would enjoy visiting. It sounds very cozy and nice. Um, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to add just in case? We missed anything? Do you feel satisfied? I thought I feel pretty good about it, I think. Yeah. It's pretty romantic. And being as a man that knows you very well, yeah. it is a hundred percent you. Totally. That is the you I would think. Yep. Of. Cool. I always I just keep it real, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you have fun talking today? Yeah, I had a very nice time. This is a very nice chat. Well, thanks so much and thanks for uh having me in <laughs> your condo in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. Even though I'm your husband and I should be beside you all the time, God damn it. <laughs> it was very nice. Um, anything you want to say to anyone listening that's out there, maybe a fan of your comedy or a fan of this utopian world you just built, any last words you want to say? Uh, I don't know. Thank you, Winnipeg, for being such a great host of, yeah. of me for the last... Almost month and a half. Yeah. I've really enjoyed being inside of you, Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't hear that that often. From a woman, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much, Kathleen. You're welcome. Now I'm going to stop doing this podcast and we'll just still hang out on this couch. Amazing. Okay. For the rest of our lives. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Okay. Perfect world. <laughs> Okay, and so that was the Utopia to Me with Kathleen Phillips, um, be- like beautiful kiddie, a comedian, hilarious as you can tell, interesting, and uh, her Utopia sounds very tranquil and relaxing. It's very nice. She's also my wife, so hopefully, if that Utopian uh, world comes true, I'll get to visit her. And if you want to keep up to date on the comedy things that Kathleen is doing, check out at Catho Phillips on Twitter. And I don't think she has a website, nope, but she has an old blog that you can find uh, b- by following her Twitter, I think, to uh, that has all her old voice recordings and sketches online that she made that are amazing. And keep an eye out for Sunnyside and Mr. D when they come on Canadian TV, CBC, uh, CBC for Mr. D and City TV for Sunnyside. That'll be early next year, I, th- I believe. And other than that, we had a great time. Did you rock? In a rocking chair the whole time, please follow at Utopia to Me on Twitter and let us know. We're gathering, we're slowly gathering a lot of followers and we're happy for that. And thank you so much. And keep rating it and reviewing it on iTunes. You guys are the best. Also, uh, I got stand up coming up. I'll be in uh, London, Ontario this weekend at the Yuck Yucks. If you want to check me out there, that's this weekend, October something or other, the second weekend of October. I'll be there. Um, and yeah, follow me at Chris Lock Fun. And that's it for now. You guys were awesome. Thanks for sticking around and being true diehard Utopia to Me fans. Keep spreading the word, and I love you very much. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your world planet day. 
Thank you.